Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1, O-U-T-D-O-O-R, and the number one. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. Howdy, howdy, everybody. I am John Hutspeth, and welcome to this exciting episode of the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. It is extremely hot. I uh, Last weekend, I took my brother and four of his oldest kids to the lake. Uh, my nephew, Todd, that's what he asked for for his birthday. He wanted to go to the lake, and so took the boat. And uh, we tubed for five hours straight. <laughs> the kids aren't quite old enough to get into like skiing or wakeboarding or anything like that. And so I basically just pulled them in circles on the tube for five straight hours. And my poor brother and I, we were both completely worn out because the kids were wanting to ride with us and everything. Um, I got extremely sunburnt. Like my plan going into it was I was just going to like drive the boat. That's, you know, I'm, I'm not a big tube fan. But, you know, the kids wanted to ride with us, and so I had to do it. And, uh, yeah, I ended up, my shoulders burnt, my face burnt. We were out there for so long, and it was just insanely hot. And then uh, that afternoon and a little bit on Sunday morning, I went out and did some more deer work. Got a lot done. I finished my last uh, ladder for my Banks blind. I built a new feeder pen to keep those dadgum hogs out. But by the time I left, I mean, I was completely drenched in sweat, just just disgusting so so that's what we're dealing with now it's just that time of year where we live it's just kind of part of it and so nothing else to do about it except for you know put your head down drink lots of water and move on so i hope you guys have a a lot of your deer season prep done because if not uh man from from what we've seen so far this summer is just going to be brutal so yeah, all that to say, well, actually, kind of on top of that, my wife, my poor 38-week pregnant wife is helping run a little sports camp at the church this week, and she's been running around ragged, uh, you know, trying to get things ready for it, doing paperwork, all that stuff, for, you know, registration, and uh, the, those poor kids, like, it's going to be so hot next week when they're trying to do all their sports and be outside, uh, so pray for them, pray for the little kids, uh, but also, uh, this weekend, 
Um, I'm going to help my wife out Friday and Saturday, and then she decided on Sunday morning, uh, she actually doesn't have to work Sunday morning because it's Father's Day. Uh, my wife works at a church, if y'all hadn't figured that out. And, uh, and so we decided Sunday morning she's going to sleep in. Uh, we're going to go to the evening service, uh, Sunday evening at the church. And Sunday morning, I've decided that I'm going to wake up about 4.30 a.m. I'm going to make the trek over to Lake Texoma, and I'm going to try to do some morning time striper fishing. So uh, I've I've been striper fishing with a guide one time in like, I don't know, 10, 11 years ago. Uh, me, my dad, and brothers went, um, and I've been trying to get back into it. I'm just terrible at it. I've tried uh, a few weeks ago. Some of you may remember I posted a picture because I thought I felt all accomplished because I thought I had caught my first striper on Lake Texoma and it turned out to be a sand bass. I had misidentified it. I even looked up a picture of like the difference right there on the boat and still misidentified it. Uh, so it turned out to be a sand bass. So I'm still on the hunt for my first solo striper. And so me and my buddy Kelly, we're going to wake up super early. We're going to head out to Lake Texoma. And that is my goal for this weekend is to catch a striper on Lake Texoma. If I did it on topwater, that would be awesome, but I'm not picky. Like I just want to catch one. Uh, but we're, we're going super early to try to hit the topwater bite. If that doesn't work, you know, we'll try some other things. Uh, but that is the goal for this coming weekend, is to catch my first striper on Lake Texoma. Or it really, I, you know, I'd do it on any lake, but uh, Texoma is just kind of known for it. Uh, I think it's the, the by far the biggest population of stripers around, and so uh, so that's where I'm going. So so anyway, that was a kind of weird, rambling, out-of-order church camp slash striper fishing intro. <laughs> that's, uh, that's about all I got for the intro this week. I'm going to keep it nice and short. Uh, because we have a very exciting episode this week. One that's been, it's probably, I'm going to say the second most requested topic that I get. And this week we're going to be talking bow fishing. And so uh, I met this guy, Casey, through a mutual friend of ours, Randy. Um, I've, I've shared deer camp with him, I think twice now, two years in a row. Uh, so I don't know him super well, but from the little bit I do know of him, he's an awesome guy. And uh, he lives kind of southeast Texas area. And he, like, bow fishing is his thing. He's really good at it. Um, he's actually taken Tim Wells out. Uh, he's taken guys from the state. He's not really a guide. He just He's just very well known in that circle. And so we talk a little bit of, you know, just general bow fishing, kind of, you know, the bow setup, arrow setup. Uh, we talk about nighttime bow fishing. But his thing, like, what he's really into is trophy alligator gar. And uh, he actually holds a lake record. Um, I believe it was 208 pounds and, uh, and you'll hear him talk about it, but he said when he goes out, his goal, he is going for a seven foot fish when he goes out. And so, um, I think everybody can learn a lot from it. It's very interesting. He's incredibly knowledgeable. I, I learned a ton, um, turned or talked a lot about, you know, just how they spawn, where they're at, how to find them, uh, what you need to, to get them in the boat. All that type of stuff. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this. Like I said, it's been a very requested topic. Um, so yeah, without further ado, here's my interview with Casey Minshew. Hey everybody, welcome to the show today. Today we're talking to Casey Minshew. How you doing, Casey? I'm all right. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Summer's in full swing. I got a, a pregnant wife and a baby on the way. But other than those two things, life's going pretty good. Times <laughs> oh, are good. <laughs> Times are good. Times are good. So, uh, well, real quick, Casey, before we jump into a, a very exciting topic, why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about yourself? 
John. At 28 years old, live in Lufkin, Texas. I'm a firefighter there and fish anytime I get a chance, really, or hunt. If I'm not doing one of those two things, I'm taking care of kids. <laughs> That's right. And uh, you and I have shared deer camp together a few times. We've got a mutual friend, Randy. And, uh, yeah. so that's, that's how you and I got hooked up and I, you two got hooked up through bow fishing, right? Yeah. We've been bow fishing a couple of times now, mm-hmm. more than five anyway. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, kind of your thing, it's a pretty awesome thing is giant alligator gar, right? That's, that's my claim to specialty there. <laughs> well, that's my favorite thing to do as far as in bow fishing yep. world. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, we're going to get into that here in just a little bit, but I want to take a few steps back. Uh, I think I told you before we started recording, bow fishing has been one of my most requested topics and uh, I've yet to do it yet. Um, I'm not sure why. It's just, uh, it's hard to find somebody who really knows what they're talking about. And uh, it can be hard to describe, you know, if people aren't used to doing it. Um, I used to bow fish a lot back, uh, kind of late college, just out of college. Me and Randy would go a lot. Uh, we'd do it mm-hmm. very redneck style, which I'll talk about later. Um, yeah. but, uh, so yeah, I have a pretty, a pretty good, uh, background in it. So hopefully between the two of us, we can, we can educate some people. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So first things first, let's talk about uh just the bows that you need for bow fishing so what kind of rig do you like to run for my alligator gar i have i have two bows one for night fishing slash numbers fishing and then my my alligator gar bow they're both oh not ospreys i think those are probably the best bows you can buy for bow fishing they have a g-rex g-nats and a couple other variants all lever bows though Lever bows are definitely the the favorite in the bow fishing world. So I have an Onata Osprey. My alligator gar bow is maxed out at 50 pounds with about it's a 65% let off mod. It's a medium, and I use an AMS retriever. A lot of people use a, a muzzy. They call them spinners, either a muzzy or a mega mouth. I have a a mega mouth on my night fishing rig, and it would probably handle most of the alligator gar fishing. But a, a retriever is by far what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're going to go for big fish 150 pounds or bigger and uh you use uh you need 350 pound fast flat on it a lot of the ams's they come with 400 and, and you can use 400 i did for years but 350 it, it it's you can see it it comes out of the reel faster it shoots faster flatter the only problem is it is hard on your hands when you're fighting it's a thinner mm-hmm. line and it it's hard on your hands you need gotcha. to wear a glove gotcha gotcha now uh, i gotta back you up real quick already so you said a lever bow what's a lever bow so you have recurves and you have wheel bows which is like your matthews compounds your hoyts and then lever bows will be your onatas g-rexes it's a i guess more the best way to describe it as a hybrid between a a recurve and a, a cam the bow they have cams on them but they have uh two two limbs that probably have outers and in, uh, outboards and inboards and it's just a it's just a style of bow gotcha gotcha all right yeah i was always well, a, I, I was always a recurve man myself yeah yeah uh, a lever bow is real is more similar to a recurve i would say than a cam mm-hmm. bow yeah but it's really split right down the middle uh, you can you can play on the oneidas and and the g-rexes you can play with the draw cycle a ton you, you no, no no one will 
well, no two will be the same if somebody's messing with it. Both mine are different. I mean, I have different pounds, different draw mods, different let offs. You can you can make them do what you want them to do. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, yeah. cool. All right, and then you're talking about uh, you know your retrieval system. Uh, so that's basically how you reel the fish in, right? Right. Well, an alligator guard, you'll use your hands once you gotcha. once you shoot the fish. You can reel up your slack and then you're fighting them with your hands at that mm-hmm. point uh the two main things in bow fishing are a retriever or what they call a spinner which is like the old zebco 808 or a muzzy tournament it's probably the most popular one right now and then the mega mouth is the more premium one but normally they have they definitely have center line like where i'm using 350 they'll come with 150 on them mm-hmm. 150 pound line and it's just more prone to fraying and breaking on there Gotcha. shooting a monster fish that's not what you want yeah yeah all right now i'm gonna ask a kind of a dumb question here but just for the people listening let's say i got my you know matthews whatever 70 pound bow that i take deer hunting and stuff is that like is that a bow that i would take bow fishing i wouldn't uh before i bought uh before i used the lever bows on that i had some uh, matthews conquest they're old they're old target bows but i would i wouldn't use any more than 60 pounds on those 70 just takes you'll get wore out drawing it back during the yeah day. of course and, and with the alligator guard it's a timing deal like you only have literally fractions of a second to shoot the fish mm-hmm. and to get 70 pounds pulled back and then aimed and shot correctly and that amount of time was difficult and then at night time you'd be you'd be blowing through every fish you shot mm-hmm. and it'd be, you get wore out. So I would not, I'd stay away from the 70 pounds at night fishing. Like people use as low as 15 pounds bow fishing and 30, 30 is probably a mid range. 35 is going to be on your high range. 70 mm-hmm. pounds is just a lot to mess with. Plus the fiberglass arrows we use are, are a lot more flimsy than your carbon spined arrows. And they, mm-hmm. they don't fly real good at that higher poundage. Right. Right. That's a perfect segue into into arrows. The next thing I want to talk about. So, uh, yeah. des- describe a bow fishing arrow and how it's different from your normal compound arrow. There's there's several different types of bow fishing arrows. By far, just the, the basic fiberglass arrows is the best. Mm-hmm. They make some fiberglass with carbon spline in them, and they, they, there's some uh, metal shafted arrows which are okay. You have fiberglass insides and the metal on the outside, kind of like your Eastern FMJs. They just prone to breaking too often bow fishing is rough on all equipment and arrows included uh the basic 32 inch fiberglass shaft i don't know what they weigh it's a lot though over a thousand grains and there's several different points depending on what you're wanting to mess with there's there's a lot of different points a favorite for just alligator guards is going to be a muzzy carp tip i like the carp tips more than the guard tips it's the same tip or same basic point but the tips are just slightly different you have sure shots or a lot of people like for gar and then uh on night fishing and flat fishing some people even use them on the alligator gar randy likes to use the, the interlock grapples they're huge broadheads if you we're not broadheads but arrow tips i guess if, if you get them inside the fish he's yours because you got such a wide holding uh distance on them but it's hard to get it's a lot bigger head it's hard to get them inside those big fish sometimes at distance mm. uh, on alligator gar we we can shoot during the daytime they roll you have a just fractions of a second to shoot them and you can shoot them up to we've made shots at 20 yards even maybe a little bit greater than that trying to get the 
that big of a point in them at distance is difficult. So just a, a small muzzy tip is what we like on that. But nighttime fishing, you interlock grapples. Uh, AMS makes an anchor that's awesome. Uh, a lot of guys like TNT tips. There's a lot you can yeah. choose from. Yeah. And uh, real quick, explain kind of how the tip works. You know, how like how it comes out of your bow, what happens when it goes through the fish, just how the fish stays on. Yeah, there's all all different kinds of uh, barb. Uh, there's all, they're all barbed different ways. They're not sharp. The point's sharp, but the, there's not blades on it like you would shoot a deer with. Uh, once you shoot a fish, the barbs will kind of flare out and hang him when they get him off. You either push the arrow all the way through the fish and unscrew the tip, and the barbs will invert and go back up the other direction, or you can cut it out if you don't get a full pass through. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. And then, how does that arrow, you know, work with the line? Like, how does it how does it make it to where you can, you know, reel it back in? Uh, AMS has safety slides, what they call them, and that's the best. That's probably the best way. A lot of guys still tied to the back of the arrow. There's a hole in the back of the arrow that they just tie the string straight through. But there's a lot of controversy on that about the safety of it. You know, a guy that. He got his eye put out because the, the string hung on the bowstring and came back and hit him in the eye with the back of the arrow. Mm. So you run the risk of that, but it does come off the bow a lot cleaner. You can and the arrow flights way better when you tie to the back of the string versus using a safety slide. But I use a safety slide on everything. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So we got the bows, we got the arrows now, we got the slider. Let's talk about actually fishing. So we've kind of been splitting it between day and night, and I like that idea um which one you want to talk about first i want to cover both of them but which one you want to go first let's do night first i got way more to talk about during the day okay all right so uh so the way rain and i used to do it my dad had an old flat flat bottom boat we got from a a guy in louisiana and uh, he bought it for jug fishing you know cat fishing and he wanted a real low-sided boat so that you know it was easy to reach over to get the jugs and uh we didn't have the fancy light rack or anything like that we'd basically load it with two or three old car batteries and uh randy cut the end off and rewired a spotlight you know put battery clips on it and so we'd basically just take turns one of us would be running the spotlight one of us would be running the bow uh but i have a feeling you're used to using maybe a a little bit better rig than that yeah i haven't been night fishing very long just a couple of years Mm -hmm. i've I've skipped a lot of that learning curve like that. I, I went straight in and put a pretty premium light set up on my boat when I was mm-hmm. going to do the night fishing. Uh, but I use arrow LEDs, probably have a thousand watts of lights on my boat. Mm-hmm. It, gotcha. it, light, it lights up. It's not near, at nighttime, an airboat is king, no doubt, on the lake. Mm-hmm. Airboat setup is king, but if a tra- with a trailer boat, mine set up as good as you can ask for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Gotcha. All right. So leave the boat ramp, you know, just kind of walk us through your process. What are you looking for? Where are you going to be looking for fish? Uh, yeah. Just kind of walk us through how you, how you go about it. Well, depending on what fish I'm after now, an alligator guard at night time, the best of my ability is just pure luck. You can go to, there's some guys this year in particular, Toledo Ben has been pumping out some monsters, a bunch of them over 200 pounds guys going during the spawning time of the year and actually seeking them out, looking for them and have had some success. But I have not experienced that personally in the little amount of time I've been night fishing. Uh, mm-hmm. Normally, 
the main thing we go we're going to go kill at night are big buffalo carp well not carp but buffalo mm-hmm. fish mm-hmm. in the really the winter time and early spring is the best time for them and they're going to be on main lake banks and points if you get into a creek or any big cove you're probably not going to see them anymore so that's where you look for those that will be on main lake and there's i mean my experience there's not a whole lot of skill to it it's just <laughs> cover as much ground as you can and find a hot area where there's several of them and then keep working that area until you wear it out or ready to go home mm-hmm. we've had some good trips though killing we kill them 50 60 70 pounds mm-hmm. that, that's that's almost just as fun as a gator guard i mean they fight yeah. really hard and common carp but kind of easier to to judge you go during the spawn on them will be late march april into may whatever lake you want to go to and try to figure out when they when they start spawning it's wide open you can mm-hmm. sink a boat with common carp in it <laughs> uh, and uh grass carp oh, go, go ahead, ahead. now you go ahead i think grass carp's another thing people like that's more of a hit or miss you find them spawning they're they're more kind of like the gator guard you don't see a ton of them buffalo and common carp are going to be the main two flatfish. When we say flatfish, anything that's not round like a gar, gars, round fish, and the carp are flatfish. Those are the main two things you're going to be looking for at night. Mm-hmm. Now, the first time I ever went with Randy, I somehow miraculously hit my first fish ever. But as soon as I yeah. draw back, Randy just started whispering, low, low, aim low, <laughs> aim low. Uh, yeah. so so talk about you know when you're shooting at fish under the water you know like during the day you're shooting at surfacing gar on top at night you're usually shooting at fish under the water talk about uh you know how you aim and why you aim that way you got refraction in the water that makes the fish appear higher than he is but honestly the the, the bigger if you go after big fish you don't have to worry about that as much because you just aim in the middle of them and you'll still hit them <laughs> big <laughs> Big like needle nose. If you're going for a spawn of needle nose on a lake in clear water and you're shooting them deeper in the water, it definitely plays a part in it. It can get difficult. Number shooters have to do that a, a lot because they're shooting real small fish, mm-hmm. uh, like not much bigger than the arrow, and they're, they're yeah. trying to shoot a thousand of them in a the night. And that's, I mean, that's skill. That's not my cup of tea. They couldn't do what I do, and I can't do what they do. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a different game. They, they got to pay a lot of attention to that. But when you're going after 70 pound buffalo or 30 pound common carpets you can aim dead on a lot of nights it's just depending on how deep they are but i don't ever i've never had a ton of problems shooting over fish yeah gotcha yeah. those those five dollar fish is what randy always called them them real small ones so. yeah 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 you find a, a 50 a 50 pound buffalo looks like a bigger than a five gallon bucket floating mm-hmm. in the water so it's, it's easy to hit him on all yeah. sides yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all righty well uh let's flip over to daytime then and uh so you're you're down in southeast texas right yep yep right around lufkin area lufkin crockett gotcha gotcha so you're going during the day uh, are you on big rivers creeks what what kind of water you on the the trinity river is the best spot in all of the planet earth to kill Mm -hmm. a big gator gar yeah unfortunately texas parks and wildlife has taken that away from us for the most part a couple of years ago they passed a, a law that you cannot harvest a fish over 48 inches uh without a tag which you draw a, a yearly tag that you can draw but there are other places to go in, in texas like choke canyon uh, is an awesome place 
you got all the all the rivers. I mean, there, there's so many alligator going in Texas. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. Below, I, I say below some of the just the Dallas lakes, but you, they're everywhere. Like around Houston, Victoria, all the Valley Rio Grande. There's so many alligator going. They're all in the bays. People catch them on Crystal Beach, Galveston Beach. Just everywhere you look, there's a guy this year that caught a really big one in the middle of Houston out of Buffalo Bayou area. They're, just, mm-hmm. they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. But gotcha. the Trinity River is where they all come from. Mm-hmm. And gotcha. back when I was fishing it a lot, that was my main place that I went. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. All right. Well, uh, let's let's go through. So you're you're setting out to kill a, a huge alligator gar just walk us through where you know or you, you don't have to give away any spots i don't expect you to be that nice but uh walk us through the process i should say well patterns are i always say this and, and fishing patterns are a lot more valuable than spots because depending on what day it is a spot may be trash especially on the river that fluctuates 40 feet and and depth and not people realize that they have, the trade river is huge if nobody's ever been on it it's as close to being like a, a south american amazonian style rivers you can get on it's it's a it's a different animal you don't go run lines on like the angelina or something small where you can almost jump across mm-hmm. like a lot of guys do can't get your boat turned around in all the spots because it's so narrow the trinity is a big river mm-hmm. a, a real river there you see all kinds of game on it but if i'm if i'm trying to go kill a seven foot fish which is my goal anytime i leave the boat ramp mm-hmm. you there's a pretty good in-depth process. Mm-hmm. You, the best time for the garter rolls in the spring, no doubt. Anywhere from starting in late February to about now, middle of June, they start getting getting sluggish. But you're you're looking for a rise in the river. So you get a big rain. We'd get a big rain in Dallas, and we watch the for the river start rising. And depending on when we could get off work or when we could go or when we wanted to go we watched different sections of the river on gauges and we'd see one of the rise was going to hit that day. If we could go on Friday, it'd be different. We'd, we'd go to a different spot than if we were going to go fishing on Saturday. Hmm. And you just try to hit the river on the, on the rise would be the best time. And depending on what level it is, because there's a lot of intricacies in it. Honestly, if you're going to be consistent on killing big guard, if you just wait, like a lot of people do, just wait till the river floods and gets in the fields and go and shoot spawning guard, then you can, just wait on the river to flood but like years like this year if you want to go kill big fish it hadn't rained five inches since february so you're not going to get that mm-hmm. <laughs> river's been river's been bottomed out all year long um, so you you decide which ramp you want to go to and there are no boat ramps on a trinity hardly you're putting in on if it is concrete underneath your tires it's rough and a lot of times it's just clay or sand and you take one or two take more than one truck to get you put in and taken <laughs> out safely mm-hmm. so once you decide where you're going to go you go to that area and then the, the best textbook spot to find big alligator gar or any fish on the river is in a creek mouth mm-hmm. and you just set up there and once you're waiting on what, what you're looking for is rolling fish you'll see them for split seconds and they run in schools they run in groups you might find a group of big fish that's rolling every 15 minutes or so and you try to sneak in there on them and set up where you're not disturbing them because they're smart like they're like white tails they're, if you get too close to them they won't roll they'll move and they'll wait for you to leave and you do it again i've watched them for hours 
rolling in a spot and you move in on them and they won't do it again until you leave. Because hmm. uh, once you get snuck in on them correctly, which is a art in itself sometimes, you just wait for a big one to roll and then you got to hit him. And it's hmm. not easy to hit him. You say somebody, somebody that hasn't done it before will tell you, hell, you're shooting at 150 pounds, seven foot fish. It's, it's easy to hit that. I say, yeah. <laughs> see more people miss that than I have a 10 pound common. <laughs> uh-huh. And then, and then fighting him is also, I mean, that's, that's the fun part. I mean, if you lose him, you lose him, but it's, he's no guarantee. Uh, some of the biggest fish I've ever shot. I haven't put in the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Got so you, you talked about sneaking up on those spots. Are you trolling into them? Are you going up stream and trying to kind of float past them casually or how you sneaking up on those spots? try different things both really uh we we joke around we say we treat wind we treat the water like we treat wind when we're deer hunting so you want to troll if you can floating down river you don't want to touch the trolling motor you just want to drift with it like you're another piece of wood coming down and when the trinity river rises there's so much trash coming down it you wouldn't believe it's mm-hmm. just, it looks like it's like landfills worth of trash coming down that river so you just try to imitate yourself as being another piece of trash. But if you're on the trolling motor, you want to be trolling upstream. And where the gar are rolling, typically in a, in a good spot, they're, they're rolling close to the bank. So they'll be laying on the bank. Mm-hmm. And when they roll, they'll come off of it a little bit. So if you're trying to hide on the bank, we used to do that. And I know you're probably familiar with Garmin Lyoscope technology. We use it for crappie fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought it several years ago to crappie fish well i thought i could take it to the river and just see what the guard are doing and, and you watch them down there they lay on the side of the riverbank close to the close to, i mean right up against the bank hmm. and when they roll they move off of it and get into a little bit swifter water and roll and go back to it hmm. it used to we used to try to save we were being lazy you can anchor out in the middle and that's what we do now but we'd be lazy instead of messing with the anchor or wanting to burn up the trolling motor we go hide on the bank and try to just hang on to a tree limb or something and wait on them. But I guess we were too close to them. And that just never really worked real good. Gotcha. Every now, every now and again, you'd get a shot at one, but not near, not near like you do. If you anchor, if you anchor, you can see a, a current seam in the, you'll have a river bank about five, five to 10 yards worth of river, 20, 30 foot. And then there'll be a current seam. And then the main river where it's really flowing. Mm-hmm. And if you anchor outside of that current scene from them, it's like they can't feel you anymore. You can hide from them really good. And as long as you didn't make any loud noises or do anything to disrupt them while you were moving in, you can sneak up on them like that and they'll roll for you within minutes normally. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And if you shoot, if you mess up, let's say you're trying to kill a, a really big fish in a six footer rolls and somebody shoots him on accident or even if you miss a couple shots on big fish, they, they'll, they'll leave you though. Mm-hmm. They're not dumb. They don't, they know what's going on now. They, they've been hunted for 20, 30 years at this point. So they, mm-hmm. they've got an idea of what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Shooting those tiny little six footers, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I first started bow fishing, a six footer was what I wanted, but uh-huh. you just do it enough. It's like shooting deer. You just keep going up and in, mm-hmm. in age and size class, what you want to kill. Uh-huh. And I don't really want to mess with anything that's much less than seven. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So basically you kind of get one shot. Now let's say, you know, five foot or six foot or whatever rolls you shoot and miss. Are those fish going to move off? Are you saying just, if you kind of hit one, it's going to scare them. 
if you hit one, you'll definitely do more damage than if you shoot and miss. But I'm going to say you get a couple misses before they want to run off from you. Gotcha. Gotcha. One, usually one miss won't mess you up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about – or sorry, go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. Uh, I was going to move on just a little bit. So let's say, you know, you found your spot, you anchored out, and uh, you got your fish rolling. Let's talk about what you do when you actually hit one of those giant suckers. So your seven footer comes by, you reel back, you shoot it. Now what happens? Well, normally if we're tied up to an anchor or something where we have a float tied into the line so we can break free from it really quick if we need to. A lot of times the big fish, he's up and down for a while. I mean, you don't want to pull, you can put quite a bit of drag on a fish with one of your hands or around 40 to 50 pounds of drag. It's real light line, but you can think of holding up about a 50-pound sack of corn or something. You can almost do that. Yeah. So that's a lot of drag uh-huh. putting on, a, on an animal in it. You, you, sometimes you can see your shot when it hits the fish, and you know if you got a good shot on him or not. But normally we're kind of playing pretty softly because they can pull really hard. I've been pulled out of the boat before when my <laughs> retriever knotted up. Mm. And so you – Normally on a big fish, it's going to take you a minute to get him up. You shoot a six-foot fish, you can bully him up pretty easily sometimes. But a 150-pound-plus, you're going to be fighting him for a couple of minutes. Yeah. And it's just up and down until you get him to wore out. And that, they breathe air. That's the whole reason they're rolling in the in the beginning is they have gills, but they also have an air lung. So that mm-hmm. in the when they're moving a bunch, they got to supplement their oxygen with the, with the air we breathe. So they'll come up again. Eventually, they'll get tired and have to come up. And then you get a backup shot in them. And then once you have two arrows in just about any fish, I feel pretty comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're talking about fighting that fish, are you, are you letting some line out or you just kind of hold them steady and letting them wear himself out? Uh, you'll have to let some line out Yeah, in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. So hopefully you get, you either get them up to the boat and get a backup shot or let somebody throw one out there. Yeah, well, sometimes they'll come up out away from the boat trying to breathe, and somebody can shoot one, shoot them from you know a couple yards off the boat. But yeah, backup shot right at the side of the boat is typical. Gotcha. gotcha. So, gotcha. Luckily, if we're lucky, we'll get two or three arrows in him when he rolls off the roll. We'll have a couple arrows in him. That happens <laughs> every now and again. Uh huh. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then, how do you get that sucker in the boat? Hey, yeah used to we just drag them in the boat and start hitting them in the head with a hammer trying to knock them out but you cannot cannot kill a gator guard with a hammer hmm. <laughs> he'll be alive for hours <laughs> they, they, they breathe air so until they dehydrate in your boat they'll be alive but you can you can transport them for a while they're very hardy creatures as long mm-hmm. as you don't hit anything vital mm-hmm. but uh just a, a 22 right in the back of the head where, where the smooth part of their skull meets the scale if you shoot them with a 22 there they're dead Gotcha. Stone cold dead every single time. <laughs> gotcha. Just like an alligator. Just, just like, yeah. A little bit easier than an alligator. We shot some big alligators that 22 didn't work on them, but yeah, same <laughs> principle. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. Man. So uh, I got to ask, what's your biggest fish? And the biggest fish that i've weighed bow fishing was it was eight foot one inches long and it's 207 pounds and it's the water body record on lake livingston right now oh really and i I shot him in the daytime in the in the heat of the summer they'll they'll roll out there but that's all off limits now too so that record probably won't be broken for (laughs) ever (laughs) gotcha 
Gotcha. But, uh, biggest fish I've ever put hands on, we caught on rod and reel and we let it go. So I didn't weigh, but it was, mm. it was a monster. It was well over 250 pounds. Wow. Mm. It was eight foot one or two inches long and just a massive girth on it. It had all the eggs in it and just huge fish. Mm. Yeah. What do you, uh, what do you use to catch those on rod and reel? Use common carps, the best bait. There's a several guides that do it full time on the river, about three main ones, but yeah, common carp sitting on the bottom and and alligator gar are always eating. They're almost like saltwater fish. And so if you put a piece of common carp in front of them, they're going to eat it. But there's so many in the river. It's hard to weed through them. They catch a big one. I mean, you can't, it's, Mm -hmm. it's impossible to target a big alligator gar. Uh, pole fishing you can try but there's just so many four or five footers out there that wear you out it's Mm -hmm. hard to try to catch a big one that's another bonus to bow fishing and and alligator going in general you anything we do anything i do outside of this you can cheat that animal and and kill him if you had to like Mm -hmm. a big hog you can hunt him at night a big catfish people can you can throw out nets or telephone like it's all it's all illegal but you can if you wanted to mm-hmm. you can spot, spotlight a big deer off the side of the road people do it every year even though it's not legal you can do it and you can win that way there's nothing you can do to an alligator guard to beat him mm-hmm. other than just outsmart him out there yeah yeah you can't you can't shock him you can't net him you can't hang lines for him okay i mean you can you can eventually luck across the big one like that one i caught i've caught several big fish on rod and reel but you go through way too many small ones to be trying to just do it every day. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, man, you got a good story for us. Good, uh, good bow fishing story for us. Exactly. About the time I got pulled out of the boat, I guess, since I let it <laughs> that early. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we, this is the last, this is the last year it was going to be legal. So 2019 or 20. I don't remember. It was, there used to be a big tournament every year called the Gar Bonanza. It's the biggest gar-only tournament in the, uh, in the world, really, I guess, but really in America. Was, so we were pre-fishing for that in a good spot. We was in another tournament that was like a, a longer tournament. They called it, it was a, they still have it, just not on the street anymore, called the Gar Bounty. It's the biggest, biggest three-fish stringer over the spring. So you have several times we were in some big fish. I'd already shot a 200-pounder out of this spot a couple of days before. And uh, we're working on another one. Mm-hmm. And a big, big fish rolled right in front of the boat. And my buddy that I was fishing with got the shot off before I did, and he hit low. And it looked like he had missed. And so he's throwing a fit before I, this is all happening in a split second. Uh-huh. But before, before he could even, before I could even shoot, he was already throwing a fit that he missed. And I buried up right in her back above the water. He could see it, no doubt. And she took off, went crazy. Mm-hmm. And my the retrievers can nod every now and again just uh it gets a knot in your bottle i had a knot come up in it and i saw it and i braced and the first knot come out so i was back in the fight for a minute and then another knot came in the in there and i couldn't shake that one out and i just held on too too hard she made a hard run and i went off the front of the boat <laughs> about that time I, I grabbed the trolling motor with one arm and my bow with the other i mean it's it's a pretty expensive bow. I didn't want to turn that loose see there. Uh-huh. <laughs> my buddy figured out he was in the fish. Uh-huh. He didn't miss it. That's what I thought he did. And he was able to fight the fish back, and I was able to get back in the boat, and we actually ended up getting that fish. <laughs> it was over, it was a, over 180. I don't remember exactly what it was, but we waited in for that, that tournament. Mm. Uh, 
That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> quite a story. Quite a story. During the last during the last year, a lot of, there's different aspects to gar fishing. We have the the roll fishing, which is what you do most of the time. Then you the water gets up high enough, and they'll be in the creeks. When the creeks are full, but it's not in the field yet, all the alligator gar wants to do in the spring is go spawn. They're very specific on how they spawn. They won't spawn in the river. They won't spawn in the creeks. They've got to be in the pasture. So the river has <laughs> to flood for several days and be out of the banks into the pastures of the river. Because <laughs> so when the river's coming up and it gets above like 20 foot, see, right now the river's probably like, I didn't even look today, but it's probably eight foot. That's bottomed out mm-hmm. on the Trinity uh, around different places. Yeah. But then you get to 20 to 30 to 35 ish. That's a lot of water. That's a ton of water it'll be in the creeks and the fish won't be rolling much anymore they'll be in the creek staging up and you can find it you really just want to go during the middle of the day and they'll be sunning like any other reptile i guess but they're i mean they're fish but they'll be they'll be in some sunny spots soaking up the sun getting warm waiting on the water to be out in the fields and you can shoot them in there that's that's probably where a lot of people like to do it because it's easy you just you just troll enough creek area till you find big fish laid up i mean you see it see an eight foot fish laying on the surface of the water in the broad daylight that looks like a monster you know that's how mm-hmm. you get all those stories of people seeing fish as long as the boat there's no alligator gar out there longer than the, than anybody's flat bottom but that's where they get that idea from mm-hmm. uh, and then then once the water finally does break out into the field they go spawn and you'll see a, a good field will have several spawning groups in it and there'll be one big female and five or six males on top of her spawning her in the field she'll be blowing out eggs and they'll be over the back of her fertilizing the eggs mm-hmm. and that's 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 just something else to neat there i've got a lot of videos on my phone of them doing it but you don't see that very often I mean, it might be once in a lifetime for a lot of people i've gotten lucky and seen several of them do it me and randy got into some spawning gator one day a couple mm-hmm. years ago it's just if, if you can find them doing that anybody can kill them as long as you can find them not every pasture's got spawning groups in it but that last year that it was legal during the gar bonanza it, they spawned during the tournament and it was there was so many gar killed that weekend <laughs> they were it was pretty pretty crazy mm. but I just it can show you how many fish are in that river like you go if you, if somebody didn't know anything about it and then we're going to go try to go to the trinity river and see alligator gar and you could go on a bad day and not see one yeah and you go when the conditions are right you'll see hundreds of thousands of them in a couple miles of the river there there's so many gar in that river just don't understand it till you go on a, it might take you all year to get on a good day where you see them all but i mean they don't go anywhere so they're still there you just see them all good on one day yeah yeah gotcha uh, and, the, and the whole alligator gar scene hasn't been around very long i mean mm-hmm. i'm gonna say the 90s was the, the pioneers of it at the latest that's being generous i mean most people i know were in the early 2000s when they started mm-hmm. and then i was in the I was after 2010 when I got into it. Yeah. Gotcha. Back then, there was, you didn't see, it seemed like they didn't kill as many big fish. I mean, they, they might not have been as patient. Could have been the problem. I don't know. I wasn't there doing it. But mm-hmm. the, bunches and bunches of six-footers were getting shot. And, and a lot of people, there's a big, I'll call it a big misconception. It's not a total misconception that, the the growth cycle on alligator gar is not what people make it out to be. A lot of people people love to just throw numbers out there that sound big, like that's an eighty year old fish, that's a hundred year old fish. But from what I've seen, the, the two hundred and seven pound 
fish I killed out of the lake that's the water body record, eight foot one, was 32 years old. They hmm. biologists came from San Marcos to my house in Lufkin and got, a, got the, the otolith out of it and aged it, and they were expecting it to be over 80 years old easy. Mm-hmm. It was 32. Gotcha. And I know several several people have gotten fish aged that were smaller than that fish. I know a guy that one of my fishing buddies got a seven foot two fish that he shot and it had hardly any teeth left in his head. I don't remember how old it was, but it was over 75, I think. Mm. They get, they hit, they'll hit a wall. There's not, they're not, mm-hmm. the alligator guard don't just keep growing. Yeah. So I don't know how fast, how big they get. I, I throw a number out there from what I've seen. It takes them about 10 years for a female to get in the, the six foot range, I'll say 10 to 15 years, you get in the six foot range. Mm-hmm. And then it takes them another 10 after that to get to seven foot. Mm-hmm. And then you don't know where they go after that. You have a 25 year old fish that could be eight foot. Maybe mine was 32 is a huge fish. Uh, she didn't get eight foot that year. She was eight foot one. So she'd been eight foot for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then I know several people have got really big seven foot fish that were like the 25 to 28 range. And then, a lot of, I mean, a lot of old gar have been killed in, in age, but they're not any bigger than the one I killed. So they'll, they'll hit a wall, and people just want to say that they're 90 years old, 100 years old because they're that big, but yeah. not always the case. And the males don't get big at all, and there's way more males than there are females. It's, <laughs> that's comes from Texas Parks and Wildlife. It's, it's different than the, what a lot of animal, the animal kingdom is because it takes so many males to breed a female, mm-hmm. and they don't live as long either. A male will max out in the five and a half to six foot range. You won't get any bigger. Hmm. So if you got alligator gar pole fishermen, they like to tag them. They'll tag a, they could tag a bunch of males that are five and a half foot long and they won't, they'll catch them three years later and they'll be five foot six. Hmm. So they go, he didn't grow any. So well, he wasn't going to grow any. Yeah. <laughs> so I just gotcha. tell anybody that hasn't, that doesn't have any prior knowledge, be cautious when you hear people just throwing out numbers because they have no idea. Yeah. Gotcha. it's easy to say a fish is older than it is mm-hmm. yeah. especially with a fish as little little information as we know about the alligator gar mm-hmm. man that's super interesting i yeah i didn't know all that that's awesome yeah okay. cool. but like i was getting up too early they didn't kill all the big fish back in the 90s and early 2000s mm-hmm. i don't know if it's because like i said they could have just not been being patient i don't think they were there because we're killing them now and it's almost like we we're just cutting a bunch out of them like you do a deer herd. You know, you start shooting a bunch of their, your coal, so to speak, or keeping your doe population in check, you start seeing a lot bigger, a lot bigger bucks. Yeah. And the, the, the make no difference for the fish, especially on, yeah. a, on a river system that's very limited to the food that it's got. Yeah. That's also very interesting. So you think by actually taking the numbers down, you kind of increase the quality. That's my non-scientific theory. I don't have a biology degree, but the fish yeah. they're killing in like Toledo Bend and Rayburn, they're all huge right now. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot more space and a lot more food to roam around and get food. Mm-hmm. And the Trinity River is just, I mean, they, I mean, it's not more than 50 yards wide. Long at the, you know, there's yeah. just a lot more. And there's a lot more fish in that Trinity River too. <laughs> and one other small thing in the history of it i i had i hooked up with some guys one time that were huge into the spanish uh spanish history spanish settlers mm-hmm. and you know the, the old san antonio osr old san antonio road that came through 
that that area across the Trinity River, all around Crockett and up to College Station, whatever that was. Uh, the Trinity River was a big settlement for old Spanish settlers. Uh-huh. There was a, a bunch of it, especially on the areas that I fished, like around Beedis Creek. And you can look all this up, but they, they had all these journals. And the guys I was taking, I took out two college professors and just one rich old dude that was interested in the history. I took them on. They wanted to go on the river one time and look at certain GPS points for where the old settlers used to have crossings at and whatnot. And they were. I didn't ask much about them, but they got talking about all the wildlife that the uh, guys were talking about in their journals, you know. Mm-hmm. And I asked them. I said, "Well, did they ever talk about the alligator gar? Because that's the only thing I was interested in." And you, there's no way you could go out there and not see one, you know. Yeah. Especially in the springtime and in the, in the 1800s or earlier, I don't know exactly when the time period was. To forgive me for that, but they said there was never any mention of alligator gar mm-hmm. in the history books that far back. They talked about the deer and the squirrels and the rabbits and whatnot, but not nothing about the alligator gar interesting so i don't know the damming of lake livingston makes the river stay higher than it used to for sure mm-hmm. and uh it might be might have better habitat for them to live year round and get bigger in there than here recently we've had a lot of really good spawn years where that where the river has flooded so there's just mm-hmm. there's hundreds of thousands of four to five foot fish in that river right now where there wasn't 10 years ago yeah yeah that's interesting and you may know this i mean are alligator gar found anywhere else in the world i mean like in other country you know overseas or anything or is it just kind of the southern united states not to my knowledge i think i've seen like something maybe a a google article maybe somebody found one in japan or something Mm. not long ago but it the Trinity River is the best place on the planet Earth to yeah. find them, no doubt. I mean, that's where and Jeremy look, Wade went on River Monsters. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, but anywhere in South, there in any puddle of water in South Texas, there's alligator gar. Yeah, like yeah. from from the from the Triangle, from Whitetail all the way to Houston, they're loaded. Yeah, yeah. I've caught them out of the red, you know, up on the texas oklahoma border yeah, for sure. yeah but, so. yeah i have a the, the oklahoma people they have a weird season on the red river they shut it down yeah. a lot but i don't think there's a ton of them i have some buddies that went up there and fished it just to say they did and i think they may have shot some but it's not anything mm-hmm. like the trinity yeah yeah there's uh, a, several guys from oklahoma that would come down and fish the garbanans every year for us or with yep. us yep yeah, like I said, I've, I've talked to several people who, you know, have done it uh, or at least seen them and stuff. And I've had a lot of interest in the topic. Um, so, yeah, that's part of the reason I wanted to have you on. And, uh, man, you've been full of knowledge. I've, I've really enjoyed this one. Super knowledgeable. Yes, some of it may be theory, but I've, I've watched it enough. It's pretty solid. Yeah. And, and I've talked to a lot of the back when Texas Parks and Wildlife was trying to put the ban on it. I don't we'll go into too much detail on it, but it's a total hack job on us. It was a is the rod and reel guys were buddies with the commissioner in Texas parks and they got together and shut it down. Mm. But, uh, during all that, the way Texas parks and wildlife operates is they have biologists to go out and do surveys and studies for new laws they're wanting to introduce. And the biologists will recommend it, recommend a change or recommend no change. In the case of alligator guard, they actually recommended no change, but they passed it anyway for what they called an abundance of caution. Mm. But the, the, I don't want to name drop anybody, but the main biologist for alligator gar in, in Texas, I've talked to him quite a bit, and he's the one that actually came out and 
took the Odalith Hellback Gar I killed, drove all the way from San Marcos to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they all know that the, the there's so much more they need to study on Gar. They just don't have the funds. You know, Texas mm-hmm. Parks dumps tons of stuff into like the Cheryl Lunker program mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that, but they don't want to mess with alligator gar or catfish or anything other than a bass and a speckled trout, really. Yeah. Yeah. All the, <laughs> all the sexy species. Yeah. Everything that gets, you know, tournaments around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of income. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Well, cool, man. Well, this okay. has been awesome. Uh, any last uh, tips, tricks, or information you want to throw out? And if, if if you're gonna try to kill an alligator gar with a bow, just find the spot you want to go to, and just realize it's gonna take a lot of effort. It's not; it's almost impossible for new guys to get into it by themselves. When I got into it, I I got hooked up with a buddy that had been doing it for 20 years at the time I met him. So he knew he could carry me for several years, but I would I would have not picked it up if I'd have been trying to do it by myself. It's hard, and the the success rate just going on your own right off the bat is so low it's just demoralizing but <laughs> you hang with it it's one of the most fun things you can do it's better than crack <laughs> <laughs> gotcha awesome. so shooting a 200 pound animal uh-huh. five foot off the boat deck you see his whole body when you hit him that's that's a rush yeah yeah awesome man well casey uh we're coming up on time here but man i really appreciate it like i said super knowledgeable and so i can't thank you enough for coming on no problem god i could give y'all something maybe (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah awesome man well like i said i appreciate it uh thanks for coming on and uh we'll talk to you later all right sounds good thanks yep wasn't that awesome really really cool episode man all that stuff about the the flooding and the spawn and all that stuff Really, really interesting. I had no idea about any of that. Um, you know, I've grown up around alligator gar my whole life, but never knew any of that stuff. So thank you, Casey, for coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed that one. I am about to send this podcast off and get some rest because I have a lot of uh, wife honeydews to do. And so, uh, yeah, I'm going to let you guys go. That's going to do it for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And until next week, I will see you guys right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast.